0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm your host, Aaron Lowe. And if this is your first episode and you're wondering what this whole thing is all about, well, I'll tell you. Every week, I find my head surgically attached to the body of a different friend and cinephile. Together, we are given a note containing a theme, sometimes specific and sometimes vague. Our job is then to pick a pair of movies that fit that theme and then watch and discuss. This is the Incredible Two Headed Podcast. It's, it's been so long. I had to look for where to where to press the record button.
1: <laughs> it's been so long. My my mic was in the closet, and I had to dig for it. I'm like, where is this thing? Because it was just on the desk. I'm like, well, I don't use it as often, so I might as well make room on my desk. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> I'm trying to get back into it. You know, I my my, my like my show is also. I haven't done a few uh, episode. In, i think it's been a month now but i should have one coming up soon
0: i like putting it out i just i hate i hate editing it's like plus my my laptop's been really slow lately but it's just like the oh yeah that the makes amount of worse. time the amount of time yeah. that i have like i, I you know I, I like watching movies and i like hanging out with my kids and it's just like yeah um, i feel you <laughs> i could i could spend a night editing but that's like a full night and i'm not gonna be able to do anything <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. And then you got to account for like, well, I have to research each movie, at least to some effect, uh, and watch the movies. <laughs> so it's like yeah, there's other stuff that adds to it uh, as far as time goes.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to a special uh, a special report, joint episode of the Incredible Two-Headed Podcast and Dial F for Film with Jay Carlos Menjavar. I am the host of the Incredible Two-Headed Podcast, Aaron Lowe. And, and- I am and i am
1: jay carlos menjewa host of Dialect for film
0: yep uh, our shows have been a little bit uh on, on a, a bit of a hiatus but um we we both uh had the idea to do this special report here of a movie that we went and saw together we went and saw it in theaters together um you'd seen it once before we're talking about lost highway yes uh, mm-hmm. meanwhile i had seen it four or five times in the theaters in 1997 and I'm sure it must be dozens of times since. I mean, I watched this thing on on VHS when it like I bought a copy used from a, a rental place. Um, I, I watched it a lot as soon as it came out on DVD, even though that DVD is kind of crappy looking. Yeah. So I've watched this a lot over the years. This is a favorite and I love talking about it. So I, I asked Carlos if, if we could do an episode uh, where we discuss this movie and I'm super excited to get into it. I'd seen it, like
1: you said, I'd seen it once before, but it was watching it again. It was like watching it for the first time. I didn't really remember much about the film, and actually, it, it was ranked pretty low. I looked at it today on my David Lynch uh, rankings from the last uh, run through I did, like three, or, uh, four, or five years ago, uh, and it's close to the bottom. But I think that might change after after rewatching it, and maybe after you know the next one.
0: Yeah, because uh, I've already seen it a second time in theaters, yeah. this run through. I went, <laughs> That's I went, great. I went by myself on Friday to go see it. And then mm-hmm. you and I are going to go see it again tomorrow yep. and, and maybe do a little bit of a, a follow up record to tack on at the end of the session.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so excited.
0: Because, uh, just uh, um, I'll give my history with this movie. So I was, I, I was not really aware of David Lynch before this movie came out, um, but I was really big. I, I was a big nine inch nails fan. A little bit lesser degree marilyn manson uh, trent reznor was announced that he was compiling the soundtrack and making new music for it and then marilyn manson was going to have music on the soundtrack and also a small role in the movie and this was all announced in all these you know um <laughs> early internet websites i was reading and uh <laughs> like magazines like ap and uh rolling stone and like i uh, I mean, I was the kid who had like a collage on my wall. My wall—you couldn't see any of the wall. It was just pictures I'd cut out of magazines. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And sounds uh, like me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I really wish I'd kept pictures of those. That would be such an amazing time capsule. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, um, I, I was just reading a lot about this and and really excited for it. And it started me thinking, or started me looking into who David Lynch is. And I had seen prior to this i had seen dune of course i had seen um one episode of twin peaks as it aired
1: and (laughs) i I
0: was i was 19 at the time that lost highway came out and i cannot recall if i'd seen anything else but in the lead up to lost highway uh, i rented um i rented firewalk with me uh, Eraserhead, Wild at Heart. You know, I, I went through and Blue Velvet, whatever I could find of Lynch as I watched. Still, I was kind of unprepared for this movie. Uh, all he, those seem tame in comparison. Well, he seemed, <laughs> he gets surreal in all these yeah. other movies. Yes, yeah. I mean, cer- cer- certainly Eraserhead is just a pure dose of surrealism, mm-hmm. but it, it's, it's in a very different mode than Lost Highway. And so when Lost Highway came out and I th- saw it, I had somehow not heard what any of the plot was going to be. Um, all of these articles were just kind of like, I mean, Lynch doesn't really let things out ahead of time anyway. Yeah. So I, I went to it and I did not know what was going on from one minute to the next. And yeah, I walked <laughs> home with my friend that night and we had these, this long conversation about what the movie meant and what actually happened and didn't happen in the movie. Right. And then I went back to see it the next day with a different friend, and we had a completely different conversation on the way home afterwards. <laughs> and then I went back again, and like I, I, I saw it, like I said, four or five times, different conversations every night. It's the first time that a movie like kind of burrowed its way into my head like that, and so ever since, this has been the easy answer. Lost Highway is my favorite movie. Um, yeah, and is that so- favorite Lynch or. All, no, like all time favorite overall movie
1: overall okay okay i
0: i do think lynch has better movies like if i i mean i think blue velvet is probably a better movie than this um but nothing nothing sticks with me like like lost highway does right. you know I, like like there's a difference between best and favorite
1: <laughs> yeah I'm yeah mm-hmm.
0: if i try to look at things uh objectively cuz i i get why this wasn't a a big com- uh, critical success at the time like critics hated it I think it, I think this one might have been booed at Cannes, or maybe that was just a uh, firewalk with me, but um, because it is, it it does really just seem like like he's lost the plot, like he he's just following whatever excess he he wants at times, um, mm-hmm. and yeah. if you're not on the film's wavelength, it can just be seem really indulgent and uh, kind of a bit of a headache. But I I was just with it from frame one.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is this is a movie that the first time that I watched it, I I didn't know much about the movie, but I felt like this was probably one of the first Lynch films that I kind of heard about before I really got into Lynch. Just uh, I would hear the name like Lost Highway. I didn't know anything about it. And it was one of the last ones of Lynch that I actually that I finally got to see. Um, And the first time I I will admit I wasn't very prepared for the movie and I was very confused most of the time and not really understanding uh, what was going on for most of the time and just kind of trying to figure it out. And it's just, it's difficult when you're watching something and and you're kind of trying to figure it out in real time and you feel like you're falling behind because there's all this stuff and you're trying to put it together. I don't know if that's just like the, like the cinephile mind just kind of working overtime when I should be like relaxing and trying to just absorb it, especially on a first go. But it was, it was definitely something that, that, that was really uh, strange and bizarre and left a weird feeling after watching it. Uh, I couldn't remember much about the movie, just the feeling uh, after I watched it. Uh, but I definitely got more on this, uh, on this second viewing.
0: Yeah, um, I'll say having lived with this movie for 25 years now, I did start, I would always tell people, oh, my Lost Highway is my favorite movie. I started to wonder if that was actually the case, because, I mean, I've I've seen a lot more movies than I had 25 (laughs) years ago. Uh Um, And and I was like, is it really, or do I just say that because it's an easy answer? And when you and I saw it, and and, uh, Amber went with us. Um, When you and and Amber saw it, and we were talking in the car on the way home, and then amber and i kept talking about it for off and on for a couple of days um i really did i did just go no that is my favorite movie (laughs) i (laughs) like in in the terms of lynch it's a bit it it it, it's a bit odd man out not not not, i don't know what word i was trying to say but it's like i cry at mulholland drive or straight story uh yeah or um or even uh a uh, uh, firewalk with me um i i think some of his other films are better statements of purpose or like they have something that they're saying that i think is more uh like like he's he's more cohesive about it um but there is something about lost highway that like i said it just like burrows its way into my head and it, i have this this very odd but pleasant feeling for a while after i was i said i was jazzed the night the day after i watched it and i was <laughs> yeah, i was like yeah i was like buzzing i'm like that was great and then i went inside <laughs> again by myself and um uh, that was really good too i just like like walking down the street by myself to go you know go back to my car and then driving back at night and, and i mean you know walking down a, a la street at night and yeah <laughs> uh thinking about lost highway <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's awesome there's just something about this movie that sticks with me um yeah definitely but i can see why like it, it's kind of not for everybody and i mean i'm gonna drop i don't know i, I told you this already but mm-hmm. mark Marin was at the showing i went to on friday mm-hmm. and um he was sat right in front of me and i talked with his date for a while because his date's like a a lynch fan but didn't hadn't seen this movie before and we talked about it, it Twin Peaks, and how excited she was for this, and I could just tell, even though he didn't look at me or and just like say anything to me directly, uh, it was not going to be for him. And I could kind of like see him out <laughs> yeah. of the corner, out of yeah. the corner of my eye. I could see him wanting to check his phone, like folding his arms. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was really into it. But I just was like, <laughs> I was just like, I bet, yeah. I bet Mark Maron is having a terrible time. With <laughs> Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, that makes
1: sense. I mean, this movie oddly enough, I used to think that uh Eraserhead was the movie that was the least accessible, but I think that one is way more accessible than Lost Highway. Um at least like in in Eraserhead there's I think the because they're both very, I mean, most of his films are very dreamlike, but these two specifically because they they seem to center on feelings and emotions and, and more than anything, more than an actual story. In, in Eraserhead, there's just a lot of weird stuff you've never really seen and that just kind of sticks out and you kind of latch on to that. Whereas Lost Highway, it's somewhat more grounded in, I guess, a realism that's just like, it, everything seems familiar. It's just like regular people. There's nothing weird about the location. You know where you are, but yet there's something off about what's going on. And how it unfolds and transpires, even though it's not as visually, uh, I don't know, as visually as, visually as exciting as Eraserhead. Um, but and that's not to say that this movie isn't, but it's just it, there's, a, there's some an uneasiness to Lost Highway that you kind of, once, like if you're in there, you're kind of like you're trying to find a way out, I feel. Um, it's sort of this strange, like journey that we're going through.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Like last Highway, Eraserhead has symbolism that you can at least unpack. You right, can be yeah. like, you, you can be like, oh, okay. I think I know what this represents. And maybe this is what Lynch was trying to get at. Lost Highway is like a dream in that everything is very familiar. You feel like you should know what's going on, but you're always a little unmoored. And you don't <laughs> yeah. you don't quite have a grasp on everything, and um, and it in the end it does feel like like kind of like a stress dream where you just like you're running from something and can't get away. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like that. Yeah, even how the movie ends,
1: like, like I was trying to pinpoint that feeling of like like hmm, like what is the
0: like and yeah, you you that's exactly what it is. Um, so I I think right now we should say I mean. I know people listening to, a podca- uh, listening to a podcast about a movie expect spoilers, but this is one I want to tell you, if you have not seen it, watch it first, please. Like, it, it, we can't ruin the experience for you, but I, 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 I can't <laughs> yeah. stress enough how great it is to f- watch this movie and feel like you're putting it together in your head while it's going on. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. like <laughs> it, it, going in as blind as possible is great um it's hard to get a hold of right now you can't rent it or stream it anywhere legally anyway um there is a kino lorber blu-ray i think that's still available and of course this restoration that's in theaters which has everybody believing a uh criterion blu-ray is probably going to be this year or early next year i think inland empire is the next one that they've announced or kind of soft announced yeah um so we're gonna i i think now just really quickly going over the plot, um, as best a summation as I can do. Uh, Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette are Fred and Renee Madison. Um, Fred Madison is a jazz musician, plays saxophone. They live in a nice house in on Mulholland Drive. Um, he is uh, <laughs> like kind of overwhelmed with jealousy, the feeling that is is wife is cheating on him. Uh, they're or at least the very least we sense their marriage is incredibly strained. Um, he gets a weird message one morning on his intercom from his door. It says Dick Laurent is dead. Uh, we get a little bit of time with them, see how their marriage is kind of falling apart. Um, and then one night they, oh, they start getting videotapes, right? They start getting the videotapes. Yeah. Uh, the first videotape is just of the Camera panning by and zooming in on their front door. The next one, camera pans by, zooms in on the front door, and then it continues, and the camera is in the house, goes down the hallway into the bedroom to watch them sleep. Um, I'll, I'll quickly point out here there is in the script, which I rewrite a little while ago, and there was filmed another scene, another videotape shows up. The camera goes down the hallway to where they're sleeping. Fred sits up, looks at the camera right before it cuts to static um and then the final videotape uh oh before i get to the final videotape i guess we should at least mention the mystery man has a weird conversation at a party um uh let's see the final videotape fred watches it by himself it ends with him on the floor in their bedroom surrounded by patricia arquette's dismembered body parts and he is screaming and crying uh he is put on trial for murder, sentenced to death while on death row. He disappears from his jail cell one day. And uh, I can't remember his last name. Pete Dayton, maybe? Pete Dayton, played by Balthazar Getty, is in the jail cell having taken his place. And he gets released because what are they going to keep him on? Uh, And he is an auto mechanic. One of his best customers is Mr. Eddie. Whose girlfriend is played by Patricia Arquette as Alice, <laughs> and um, they start Alice and Pete start an affair, uh, which gets them in trouble with of course Mr. Eddie. they plot a way to get away and uh, I think we can stop the description right there because that's <laughs> just like a lot of plot we can get we can get over the rest of it here while we're talking. Yeah. Let me take a drink. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, so, uh, I wrote three pages of notes yesterday uh, to in advance of this this discussion because I have so much I want to talk about. And <laughs> oh, I'm ready. Two things are odd about these notes: is that I usually write bullet points, just things to remind me of what to say, but I ended up writing paragraphs <laughs> because oh, it wow. was just like, there was just <laughs> like, oh, I want I need to mention like in my head, like I needed to keep it straight on the paper. Also. 90% of my notes are questions. <laughs> like, like my first one right here, it, like the first one that we'll, we'll get to is time loop. Uh yeah. Like, okay, so here's my first notes, and we'll discuss it. Like some of it may not make sense if you haven't seen the movie, but we'll we'll discuss it. So time loop question mark. The night is the nexus. Question mark. What even happened that night? Question mark. Was it Mr. Eddie? The mystery man, Fred, it's bad enough that Gary Busey starts crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the night that I have in there. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of running things. So let me know if you have anything you want to. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah like pop, sure. uh, say. Mm-hmm. Um, the night is Fred and Renee go to a party put on by Andy. Uh, yeah. Andy is somebody that Renee knows. Andy is a like a, a, slime, a slime ball right out of Central Casting. He's got like the pencil thin <laughs> mustache and the shirt that's open a little bit too much and the gold chains and the rings, um, and has like a bunch of kind of naked women and half naked women at the yeah. party with, uh, in his pool. Yeah, um, you get the like, idea that like, well, Fred doesn't know him and is is a little kind of like uh, does not feel at home at the party yeah uh and that's where this is where we meet the mystery man who comes up to fred has the whole conversation like we've met before haven't you does this weird magic tricks where he's like i'm in your house and has fred call his house yeah the mystery man answers (laughs) so weird um and then uh he leaves and that night um that is the night that fred if fred kills renee this is the night that it happens yeah um because earlier in the film he had, he had... so i i don't want to just discuss the like the plot I, but yeah I, yeah i i don't know how much of it i need to discuss for a potential listener because i know you've seen it and i've seen it yeah so i guess maybe we can just kind of like Well, let's talk
1: about that scene that you just mentioned, because that scene, I think, is like the first time in the movie where I felt where I felt like I understood uh, maybe where Lynch was going. And it it felt like it was just an exploration of like one one man's paranoia and anxiety about infidelity throughout the whole thing. And he's sort of wrestling with this. by himself everything's sort of internalized and then this is sort of like if it is a dream because it's hard to tell if it's like one continuous dream that just kind of changes because uh, sometimes you'll you'll have a dream and then like the people in it change within the same dream it's not even like another dream it's still sort of the same plot like I don't want to say cohesive because it's not but like it's still the same trajectory and that's what lost highway feels like like a long dream that just keeps on changing on you and then when you mention the time loop it kind of like comes back to that, like a little bit. It just the fragments of it continue, but it, it 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 gets to the point, even if it does sort of get lost in the in a way. But it is like the feel because even through even when the character changes, it's still like the same sort of paranoid feelings. And everyone, a lot of characters are very suspicious of each other. And I think that's all. If it's a dream, it's all Fred Madison sort of. Uh, trying to cope with that, that, you know,
0: Renee is possibly cheating on him. I can't say that I ever sympathized with people in this movie. I mean, you kind of, (laughs) you you kind of identify with Fred Madison just because he's at first the audience surrogate and later Pete is kind of the audience surrogate. But um, like, even as a 19 year old, like, you know, all those hormones and back when, like, like, Jealousy would have been a thing yeah. with me. Like, I am not a jealous guy. I feel like that's something you you grew out of if you have any sort of uh empathy or humanity. Yeah. Um and, and yet, even at, at 19, I was like, like, calm down, Fred Madison. If your wife is sleeping with somebody else, like he is he's having migraines, he's having possible hallucinations. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he can't tell if, if he's awake or dreaming. He just stares yeah. <laughs> off into the shadows and like like has this kind of like yeah mouth gape at everything like he i don't know what's like yeah he's kind of letting it simmer he's not really talking about it but i mean i i say that but i do know that there are like obviously jealousy is a real problem that a lot of people and a lot of like as we'll we'll get into with my current reading of the film (laughs) something that women have to deal with a lot that like their boyfriends are incredibly possessive. So I know that that happens, but it's just like, even at 19, I was not able to really sympathize with any of the characters in this movie. Um, I find them very compelling and, and in many cases, very entertaining, but uh, sympathy is not really something that I, I have for them. Right. Um, well, it's really, it's
1: really hard to sympathize with, <laughs> with many of the characters, Well, yeah. many of the male characters specifically.
0: Um, yeah. So um, earlier in the film, Fred tells Renee about a dream he had where he can hear Renee calling him, but he can't find her. They're in the house. And then he comes into the bedroom and finds her, but it's not her. And the camera is showing us basically this dream. Um, The camera rushes at her and she screams in the dream. So that dream is pretty much the night, right? That is the night that Fred kills Renee. Um, Yeah, he's actually he's wearing the same outfit that he was wearing in that dream. Uh, One little note here that will become more important a little later when he tells Renee this dream, he looks over and her face is in shadow, looks away and looks back. And it it is the mystery man space superimposed on her. And then he wakes up from the real dream that night. uh, I was I talk about it like a time loop. And I kind of think, is that night when things loop around? i uh, i don't think so because then like the dick laurent is dead thing um but it, that's when man i'm trying to i have all these things i want to say i'm just trying to think of how to get yeah. there in a way that makes sense <laughs> and maybe I yeah. should. maybe i should just like, <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna stop trying to make sense of this it'll, it'll just be i'm gonna We'll just we'll bring something yeah. up, or you bring something up, and we'll just discuss. That's it. a that's an interesting
1: point, actually. I didn't think of it that way, but now now that I think think about what you said, it does make sense if it all centers around that idea of Fred, uh, sort of Fred killing uh, Renee, and I guess sort of forgetting about it because it seems like it's an interesting choice to you know you switch from Fred to Pete, and then you have. Patricia portray the same character it almost feels like maybe parts of this is like a fantasy in in, in the sense that like uh Pete is far younger than Fred and now he's the focal point of this you know this part of the film uh but we're still but we're still following I mean we're not really following uh it's Patricia Arquette she's completely different but it's sort of this idealized version of her when we first see her She's wearing all white. She has blonde hair as opposed to her uh, raven black hair uh, as Renee. So it sort of changes. And then it comes back to like, I forgot that it comes back to Bill Pullman. I thought that the rest of the movie is just uh, Pete. And yeah. So when that happens, I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's more uh, with this, uh, but it sort of like closes it off. But it just feels like there's a, m- maybe a reason why that's like sort of sand- sandwiched in between there uh in that way and it is maybe it is what you said is it just feels like it's maybe centered around this he doesn't really remember committing the crime but like like i don't know maybe he goes somewhere mentally because it's it's hard to he goes somewhere mentally that he sort of escapes from this reality that you know he's done something awful like killed his partner
0: yeah well the reading i had of this for years was that the movie is basically a psychogenic fugue Mm -hmm. because the night that he changes into pete in jail there's a lot of electricity noise (laughs) like you know there's a lot of Mm -hmm. smoking in that cell um and is sentenced to death in the electric chair so the idea is that he is actually executed and as he's dying he creates this fantasy version of his life where he is now young and virile because we've seen him try to have sex with renee earlier and it does not go well um and now suddenly he's this young guy who's just like you know he's got a young girlfriend his age He's got uh, Alice As well and he is just like mm-hmm. uh, Sexually virile with Both of them and have sex All the time in a variety of Places um, He's got a little bit of danger in the mob Aspect like he's just you know a young Cool guy and he gets yeah. enough uh, And yet the fact that he is Being executed that he is doomed Starts to creep in in the fact That like Certain aspects of Fred's life start to pop up in Pete's. Uh, that n- everything starts to sour by the end of the movie. That's the reading I've had for years, and it does make sense in a certain way. It even like ends in a way that would imply this is the moment that Fred is maybe the Fred that Fred is dying. Yeah, because um, he's
1: also like he's driving away at the end, and and the movie kind of loops back at like the beginning of the movie is also the end of the movie, and it's sort of like his character is like running away from this reality that's sort of catching up with him. Uh, like, cause in that scene, doesn't the electricity and the smoke come back when he's driving in the car?
0: Yeah. And he, yeah. it starts to get some really quick editing. He starts to like kind of have these seizures, like his head's shaking a lot. And you yeah. can see in those shots that his head, there's like a lot, bunch of weird prosthetics on his face. Like it looks like he's changing again. And so the question is is like is he changing back to pete is he changing to somebody else or is this just him being electrocuted <laughs> and yeah <finally> dying? <laughs> um, yeah but uh so I, I i said that night of the 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 night of the murder but then there's the night in jail where he becomes pete because when he becomes pete there's like the camera like following well, we see the image of like road, a highway at night, and the car comes and stops right in front of Pete before we have met Pete, but this is Pete. And we see in the background, his girlfriend screaming at him not to go. We see his parents worried on the porch and then everybody starts to run towards Pete and the, the like, scene ends. And we get people talking about that night. Like his girlfriend, uh, Sheila says like, I saw you that night. The parents say, you came home with somebody that night. We've never seen him before in our life, uh, but they won't talk about it. It's something very shocking to them. Gary Busey starts to cry. Um, here's a question. Yes. The, the, the notes we're referring to. Mm. Who was the guy? What, do you think it was the mystery man? Do you think it was Fred that came with Pete to the house or, or maybe even Mr. Eddie? Hmm. Like it seems like the mystery man is probably the easiest choice, but
1: then it's sorry. You cut off there. What was the easiest choice? Oh, that the mystery man
0: seems like the most obvious easiest answer. Yeah. But it it could be Fred. Yeah. That's what I
1: was, that's what I'm leaning to as well. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's hard to really like, like the mystery man is truly a mystery man from beginning to end in this movie. Like, i don't know if there's any clarity on you know that or if the mystery man is even a real you know person yeah. <laughs> or some kind of like force or some something it just it, it's so strange i mean and 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 i like that you called it a magic trick but yeah that scene i think is just so bizarre uh cuz he's literally standing in front of fred and 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 he's having a conversation with him on his phone he's like hey give give me back my phone um and it's just so like so it's it's always really like anytime the mystery man is any isn't in any scene it sort of throws things off for me just because of the look this really pale uh ashy not look not
0: to kind of look
1: yeah yeah exactly yeah and so it's just like hmm, what what is going on with that character and then i mean the and we're talking about like now uh what's his name uh mr eddie what's his name that's his name right uh,
0: yeah the gangster mr Eddie. yeah yeah
1: yeah mr eddie's character is sort of like the same kind of crazy but like on not the same but like on the opposite spectrum because he's also like i mean he has more i feel he's more grounded but it's sort of like obviously you know this guy you know he he has some issues um, oh, definitely <laughs> and they show up in in a few very uh, comical scenes but um it's sort of like it's hard to tell like because they seem like the two sides of the same coin sort of thing as far as those two characters
0: go yeah because like, go ahead that was it that was it. oh because mr eddie is much more grounded i i understand what mr eddie's wants are oh you know? yeah yeah mm-hmm. like he is he is a man who cares only about <laughs> earthly pleasures, right? Like he right, just yeah. wants women and the best cars, and uh, it, he wants like satisfaction at all times. Yeah. And the mystery man, it is. Yeah, what does impossible he? Possible to figure out what he actually wants? He is. I wrote in here in my notes that he seems to want justice for something. Like, there, that, that seems to be, like, he, he seems avenging in some way. Yeah, especially at,
1: towards, uh, towards the
0: end. Yeah, but it, it's not clear what that is. It almost... Yeah, not at all. It almost seems like he is chaotic lawful, which is not a real D&D class, but, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he is completely chaos, but has a sense of justice that he is trying to enact in some way yeah um, but this is all kind of like conjecture because he 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 really is mysterious. Um, before I really get into the mystery man anymore here, uh, I have to bring up Amber. This is not really their type of movie. Uh, they've seen it a couple times before because i I <laughs> favorite. I would just be watching it a lot. Um, but and and they were not planning on going, and uh, it was just gonna be you and I. And then at the last minute, they had the day off or the evening off from work and said, Hey, do you have or can you get another ticket? Or are they still available? And they were. So they came with us and holy cow, am I glad, not just because it's great, like we don't get out very often. It's great to go and <laughs> hang out, but <laughs> they had an observation that blew my mind. And I actually, like I told you, I was worried I'm going to mention it and people are just going to be like, yeah, you big dummy. Didn't you notice that? <laughs> um, I'm dying to hear it because I've known about this
1: since the, I think the day after or was it that night? So it's I think it might have like been that night. Yeah, yeah. So it's been like a week and I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to hear this on the on the show, but yeah, I've been dying to hear what it is.
0: I actually I actually Googled. I didn't do a lot of deep research, <laughs> but I Googled this to see if anybody else had brought up this possibility. I um, haven't seen it anywhere. so. Ooh. I am going to say Amber is a genius for this, but (laughs) um, we were driving and they said to me, so I don't think Alice exists. Alice being the second permutation of uh, Patricia Arquette's character. Mm -hmm. They said, I don't think Alice exists. I think the mystery man is Alice. And I, I just like immediately started going, oh yeah, I can see, but before I could say anything. I just stopped and was like, oh, yeah, I could see how that works. And maybe that sounds like craziness, but it's just like when we first see the mystery man, it's his face superimposed. Yeah, over Renee.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah.
0: later in the movie, when we re- like Renee uh, or Alice is with Pete and there's that thing at the end where they're, ha- they're making love and she's like, tell me you want me. Do you want me? And he says, I want you. I want you. She, like, leans in and goes, you'll never have me. she gets up and walks into the cabin in the desert. Yeah. Fred, then Fred stands up. It's another swap there. Fred goes into the cabin, and it's the mystery man. Renee's not there, or Alice isn't there. And... That is interesting. When he says, where's Alice, the mystery man gets really upset. He, like, gets mad. He's like, her name is Renee. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Holy shit! Then then this is another one I thought of as well. After Pete and Alice kill Andy and uh, are like robbing his house, Pete notices a photo of Mr. Eddie, Andy, Renee, and Alice, and he he gets all like he gets that bloody nose. He's like, is is that you? Are they both you? When the cops show up later and they yeah. look over, Alice isn't in the photo.
1: Right, yeah.
0: And they just say, that's Fred Madison's wow. wife. And wow. And it, it's an open question, what is an objective reality in this movie?
1: <laughs>
0: but I, I, if, if there is an objective reality, those cops are in it, and Alice doesn't exist in that world. <laughs> right, yeah. At least,
1: yeah, at least according to that picture, because I do remember that distinctively and thought that was weird. But so much other stuff happened that I sort of forgot about it.
0: And like, so that changed it where. Like. I, I kind of like on this more so on this last viewing I went to by myself, I centered Renee and Alice in my viewing of this movie. OK, Like, yeah. I tried to see as much of it as I could through their eyes and like, I always, um, so uh, it, it's easy, kind of, when you're watching this the first, I don't know, dozen times, uh, <laughs> that, uh, like, you can just kind of view Renee and Alice as a, uh, like, a conniving femme fatale, kind of, you know, like, a, a film noir sex pot. Yeah. And it's easy to just see them as, as kind of, like, the, like, it is easy to, like, because of the way the you know the male gaze permeates all movies and and how we're accustomed to seeing movies and reading movies we view pete and fred as the heroes even though they're not great guys right yeah it's their stories and yet i have you know for years now i love film noir but i always try to like view it through the, the eyes of the female characters in a way because they always get mm-hmm. short drift like they're like everything bad that happens in a film noir it's because of a woman and women are like in the, in those movies are not to be trusted um but we should i always think that the men <laughs> yeah yeah but you know yeah. what i mean like the women do yeah, not yeah. Come off well like they're, they're no yeah sure. yeah mm-hmm. but yeah. i i kind of always think that's unfair uh and i just kind of like i always think if you you don't even have to look too hard if you read behind the lines or between the lines. You can kind of see how uh, the women in those movies ended up, however they are. Even like the terrible ones, like um uh, is it Ann Savage in Detour? Like she is, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's irredeemable. But you, can, you yeah. can easily see how her life shaped her that way. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then you don't even really have to read between the lines in this movie. The movie gives you plenty of reasons why renee (laughs) slash alice would want to punish the men around her right like yeah fred is psychotically jealous uh even before he murders his wife he is clearly having a breakdown uh Mm -hmm. and it's all because he thinks his wife might be cheating on him
1: uh and and also we just kind of as an audience member we sort of take his side you know like because we're 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 seeing it through his, like his perspective when like you're saying we should really be looking at how the women are treated and through their perspective because I think that's what makes it difficult to like see what's going on because we're not even focusing on the thing we're supposed to be focusing on so like we're focusing on Lost Highway as a movie instead of like Lost Highway as like there's these characters in this story that are doing things that are either you know. are are morally correct or not in in regards to a relationship but then we identify with the male characters and we get two of them of the same one and then we get the same actress playing the same character twice I don't know it's just it's a really interesting thing like it's just like interesting play on structure and and like preconceived notions of what we're like what we're watching in certain styles or
0: or genres yeah because I did think um the the way this conversation came up with me and amber is that amber kind of pointed out that um like pete is cheating on his girlfriend with alice Mm -hmm. and the movie kind of calls him out on it once but then otherwise it it like lets him off the hook as as they viewed it and that yet renee is murdered because she's cheating on her husband and like but does, oh wait, does he know conclusively? No. All right. no, not. Because I
1: mean, like in that party scene, it's just it's mostly the guy being really inappropriate with Renee. Like, it doesn't like she doesn't seem into it, right? Uh, what's his name?
0: Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy. Oh um, no, I I think she's into like because she like hugs him and like falls into him and then sends Fred off. Like, oh, okay, okay,
1: yeah, maybe I'm misremembering that then.
0: But um it's not clear that in, in, unless we want to trust everything that we see in the movie, it's not completely clear that she is cheating and right. it's not even conclusively clear that he murders her, but let's, right. I, I think we should take those. Uh, uh, it's more likely that he murdered Renee, but I also think the movie does say that she is cheating on him. Um, but I was like, I don't know. I think there's more shading to the Renee Alice. And the thing that, That tells me there's more shading to it is her the way she delivers the you'll never have me at the end of the movie to pete is that like like if if the mystery man is alice then he is an avenging angel and he is like or she has ensnared all of these men who have like tried to claim her and corrupted her and like ruined her life and she has ensnared them in this like never-ending nightmare um yeah. and they all are lost and i i know i i think that's my new reading of it now is that it's just like it, renee is doing all of this and renee has been killed but she is doing all of this to to you know like uh, just like unleash her anger and frustration um hmm yeah i'm gonna definitely keep that in
1: mind when we go again yeah
0: it it it, like like every theory about hot lost highway it doesn't quite hold up all the time um yeah and I, I don't mean that as in saying like oh it's wrong because of this i just think lost highway does not give you enough information one way or the other to conclusively say this is what's going on um but like one other thing like to, 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 just to go back to Alice to, or Renee to see how uh, she could end up this way. There's the flashback of her meeting Mr. Eddie that Andy has sent her to Mr. Eddie. And it's people laugh at it. Each time I go to the movie theater, people laugh yeah. at the scene because there's a guard there blocking the door. And in another room, there's a large man lifting weights and people always laugh at that. <laughs> but. This would be terrifying, right? And yeah, and then she is basically raped at gunpoint, and we don't see it. We just see the gun being held to her head, and she's forced yeah. to strip. And whatever she does to survive, whatever she does, like, however, like, sexy she makes her disrobing, however, like, into it she looks is clearly just her trying to survive because she's terrified yeah. at, at, through the whole thing, and it's clear. And she tells Pete this, and Pete goes why didn't you leave you liked it didn't you oh yeah you had she had a fucking gun to her head <laughs> yeah like, what do you it, it's it,
1: that it, also that also does seem like something fred would say and that's when i started to like feel like that maybe they were both like the same like it wasn't like because it it's because i, I when, when going into this i remembered I thought Fred, like Bill Pullman and, and uh, Fred and um, Pete were like the same character. I didn't realize that they had different names and there's different like the stories. like you get to see Pete's parents and you know there's all these other characters. But that's when I felt like a lot of this feels like Fred just sort of projecting like his insecurities onto onto like everyone around him. Um, and, and I felt like that there was some kind of connection uh between Pete and Fred and them be actually just being one character as part of like a dream with like changing parts.
0: Yeah. Well that this is another thing that kind of like like what does it mean? Yeah. Is when the cops are investigating Andy's they're um they look and they they see the picture and they're like, hey that's Fred Madison's wife. And it's both pairs of cops. It's the cops that came when um, they reported to the police that somebody was videotaping them Fred yeah. Madison. Mm-hmm. And it's also the police that had been tailing Pete after they let him out of prison. Uh, so it's two sets of detectives. And they say that's Fred Madison's wife. And the other one goes, we've got Pete Dayton's prints all over this place. So they don't have Fred's prints. They have Pete's prints. Yeah. So they are physically two different characters.
1: Yeah. Two yeah. Different
0: people and you you kind of wonder like what does that mean only because lynch is he's so particular about like a lot of things but he's also open to mistakes so you you never know like what is an accident and what is on purpose because he will he will take a mistake and fit it in in a way that like everything in the movie seems to hinge on that mistake. Like without that mistake, he'd be like, oh, none of this would make sense if that hadn't happened, but it was an accident. Um, But he'll also like be very particular about how a piece of furniture is designed, the direction a, the hands on the clock are pointing. Like he gets really specific about all this in a way that means something to him. So that's what makes it like, yeah, kind of impossible sometimes to yeah
1: because it's almost like there's so much meaning in like just one frame because it, it seems so like a Lynch just goes in there and just you know everything has a purpose. I think and, that's why it's hard for most of his films to not most but some of them, like this and uh, I mean even to to some extent like I I feel like Mulholland Drive makes a lot more sense but there's still a lot of things that I don't understand about the film.
0: Yeah, oh no, no, definitely Mulholland Drive is kind of like a. A less surreal like it I, I i think those are very much companion films like yeah yeah he had something that he was still working it through on mohon drive that comes from lost highway mm-hmm, but definitely if you ask me there's a, a lot of things in lynch that are are reactions to his own filmography like even the name andy and pete come from twin peaks yeah. um, they're on garland avenue which you know uh uh um Major Garland Briggs from Twin Peaks as well. Uh, Balthazar Getty shows up in Twin Peaks The Return as a character that very much is like the mystery man in Lost Highway. Yeah. Um, like the longer Lynch's career went on, the more he had these little things that that seemed like they were references, like not, not necessarily callbacks or um, cameos, but just like little ideas, little visual visual or auditory or whatever cues that that he would reuse and repurpose and just put them in a new situation right yeah
1: yeah there's a lot of that in this yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't put the like andy (laughs) and pete (laughs) yeah but uh yeah there's so much in this movie it's uh, like talking like talking with you finally talking about it with you i like my mind is so focused for uh for the next screening whereas before it's just like yeah i'm going to go check out the 4k restoration on Lost highway I, I don't remember much it was just kind of almost going in blind but now all these all these different ideas that are being thrown out i'm going to start i don't know if i should approach it like you focus or if i, I should just be open to to all the ideas we've talked about and see what happens what oh, floats to the top
0: <laughs> i go in like when i yeah i i didn't go into it with any preconceived Mm-hmm. Like, this is what i'm gonna I'm, I'm looking for evidence of but my last viewing i did just decide like or even on the the first viewing the one you and i went to
1: mm-hmm.
0: sorry i i did kind of like just find myself watching um renee and alice and trying to view it from their eyes because um it is something that i try i do try to do in film noir i try to be like all right well, i want to see the least liked character in this movie i want to see it through <laughs> their eyes yeah and um this may be a longer conversation for another day there is something i worry about with lynch like i love lynch but it's so easy to re- read his, his movies as misogynistic yeah. <laughs> in a way that then like the actresses that he puts through these horrible things do not share that view right like his actresses love him his actors love him too um isabella rossellini who he put through the ringer in blue velvet
1: yeah
0: <laughs> still, still a few years ago called him the love of her life um yeah. and like he you know but his mo- his women in movies are all almost all victims yeah and they're all um they're all, you know, highly sexualized and there is a lot of sex and sexual violence associated with them. And yet, I, I also know that he has a lot of uh, female supporters. Like, there's a, I, there's a book I want to get, Laura's Ghost, which is all um, women's reactions to uh, <laughs> Twin Peaks. Yeah. Um, that whole show centers <laughs> around the murder of a young teenager, yeah. <laughs> like, teenage girl. <laughs> but, yeah. So maybe there there is a part of it that maybe I want to, like, look at it and be... Mm-hmm. I want to find a way that's like, no, it's not really like that. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I do kind of wish, but I am kind of like i I do think i I really do think that Lynch is putting a lot more um, if a lot more agency into Alice and renee,
1: yeah
0: it, it, they don't have any agency when it comes to the men in their lives, but they have agency in the fact that they are kind of dictating the plot <laughs> and like in like that I mean. I, that's my interpretation because, of course, mm-hmm. anybody else could have a different interpretation. Um, we're we're kind of maybe almost wrapping up, but mm-hmm. I do think Lost Highway is like is a puzzle that you just never have all the pieces to, but you almost have enough. Like you, I watch Lost Highway and think like I am just one or two scenes away from knowing exactly what's going on in this movie. Like there's just yeah. a couple pieces of information we don't have. And I feel like it makes sense. It probably wouldn't, <clears throat> <laughs> but I, I mean, I love that sense of mystery that the movie leaves me with, which is like, I'm never going to solve this, but it seems like it's right there.
1: Yeah. This is, to me, this is like the best type of movie, like one that you can rewatch, not because it makes sense or because it's the most, uh, exhilarating but because you can watch it with you know you can watch it multiple times and discover and I, you could say this about any movies but in particular this one like like you're 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 referring to it as a puzzle and it's like every time you're finding something to add to that and it just seems like the puzzle is, is like growing and getting bigger it's like oh actually I'm missing yeah. more pieces than I thought this is actually there's there's a whole other set but it's just like I like that cuz when I watch it I'm just like engaged with the movie and I'm really trying to 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 be in that space to to you know to not to figure it out but to just get a little bit more from it. And I feel like I'm more like vigilant when I when I'm watching these type of movies and I'm it's just it just sucks me in and I love it. I love the,
0: the movies like this. Yeah, I um I do too. I I love I love a mystery I don't always like the solution. Uh, yes. <laughs> Lynch gets like right, like he hits that sweet spot. And mm-hmm. it, it's an open question whether I gravitate towards Lynch because I like that or I like that because I like Lynch. Um, have, have you watched the, the, new, the new Twin Peaks, The Return? Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I love the show. I, 1997, the year Lost Highway came out that Christmas, I took my Christmas money and I went and I bought the VHS set from Suncoast. It was a hundred dollars. Um,
1: uh, for the show, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. That's a lot. (laughs) So uh, for a VHS these days, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, so, and then that Christmas weekend, I watched, uh, all of Twin Peaks in, um, in like a a two-day period. I, I watched it over the weekend. I just stayed in my room and watched it all. Yeah. Wow. And I I have loved that show ever since. It is my favorite piece of pop culture. Anything. Like <laughs> I mean, you you have some idea and any listener. Yeah, remember, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the return was announced, I was I was just like excited and nervous Mm. yeah i watched it with amber (laughs) i watched it all with amber and every week i would re-watch the previous week's episode and the new one so uh, all in all i watched through it a couple times the night of the finale Mm. i watched it with amber and it cuts to black in the credits at the end and amber looks over at me and is just staring at me to see what i think (laughs) i'm sitting there with my mouth open and i just get this humongous grin And they were saying like, oh, I was really worried what you were going to think. I was like, I was like looking to see what you thought, if you liked it or not. I'm like, I loved it (laughs) because in that moment, I realized Lynch just gave us another mystery. We're never going (laughs) to solve. Yeah. He gave us us at least another 25 years worth of internet conspiracy and theories Mm -hmm. and YouTube videos. Like it was like the greatest gift he could have given Twin Peaks and is no closure because now we're just going to spend decades talking about what it means and finding clues. And that's like the best part of that show anyway. Yeah,
1: I, I'm excited to rewatch that. I I only saw it when it was airing. Uh, I like to sit down and actually like watch a few episodes in a row to just kind of sort of, you know, get more out of it. I, I think they released the first four, no, or two episodes, right episodes on the same. On the yeah, minute. yeah, and then it was like weekly after that, for a total of eighteen. And yeah, I mean, I i, I don't know if I really liked watching it that way, but it, it's definitely one I want to rewatch. It's It's been a while.
0: Well, I rewatched Twin Peaks a lot, and mm-hmm. I just finished rewatching it with Persephone or sorry, Pandora, my older daughter.
1: Oh, okay. Uh-huh.
0: Um, Side note, we have not gone into Firewalk with me yet because I'm very nervous to watch that with my daughter. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But uh, my my rewatch before The Return started, I was doing it one, maybe two episodes a week until it came out. And that's the first time I'd ever spaced it out. Normally I'd do it in marathons or I would just watch it over a week, like get home from work, watch a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. um this time that's the first time I like really spaced it out and it I mean it was great it changed the way I viewed it because instead of like viewing each episode as just like part of... You're, you're watching it all at once, so it's like one long movie, and each episode is just like the the middle of a few scenes of a couple... Oh, of, yeah. I get what watching, you mean, yeah. Watching each episode, you watch each episode as its own story, beginning and end, yeah. even though it's got cliffhangers. Mm. And you start to see all of the little, like, yeah. like, repeated structures within an episode. Um
1: It also allows you to sit with it, too. Yeah. When do it which to I love. I, I, yeah. think,
0: I think streaming has really ruined our appreciation of television um like i love i just finished watching umbrella academy i love it we're watching stranger things i like it but it's still not as satisfying as every week coming home and just having one episode of (laughs) obi-wan right or uh, just like go ahead
1: oh was just uh, i'm wondering if like there's going to be a return to that because the last show that did that really where everyone was watching was like game of thrones it was like week to week yeah and i don't know if we'll ever get that again at this point because everything is kind of sort of going on stream and for the most part most shows the whole season gets you know dumped on there and you can just watch it whenever
0: well disney i think hulu and hbo max are holding out and they're doing it weekly and i love it oh that's great because if you watch like i I was talking about this recently if you watch all like okay cheers like we were in pandemic we had a year and a half we weren't really a lot of people weren't working very much you could watch all of cheers in a week if you were doing nothing else
1: oh yeah
0: yeah (laughs) but if you watched it while it aired that's 11 years that those characters are in your home that you're like oh wow yeah once that's a week true. you're bringing those characters into your living room for 11 years yeah. and what i, um, I just got to look up the so i went from i went from four years old to 15 watching cheers i grew up with those characters that show means it's in my dna yeah even though i haven't watched it in an episode in at least a decade I can still quote episodes. <laughs> like there are things that I can, like, are just part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I love Umbrella Academy. I just watched it all in a week and probably would not remember any lines from it in a year. Yeah. Uh, That's what and
1: happens. And
0: <laughs> so uh, there is something to be said for stretching out. Plus, it's part of the conversation. You talk to your friends about it. Like, oh, did you watch mm-hmm. Obi-Wan this week? You, you know, Stranger Things is dumped and it's done and people stop talking about it um i think it's a bad business model but i i also think it it changes our appreciation in a negative way
1: yeah yeah no i agree yeah it definitely yeah how we engage it and how quickly it just sort of not disappears because it's still around but i feel like all a lot of the conversations i have about some of the shows that do come out just as a whole season in one day is just um it's more vague it's more open you're not really talking about specifics, you're like, oh, you know, there was this, you know, that episode four was great. it's like it's hard to get in depth because you're really talking, you're not talking about a specific episode. You're talking about the whole season, which is a lot, uh, 10 episodes of an hour show or 10 episodes of a half. That's still a lot of a lot of time that you, you know, it's it's very hard to have a conversation with someone unless you're like actually sitting down and doing something like this, uh, where you're just um, you know, talking about specifics but it makes it uh more difficult and it, it doesn't ground it as as much it's just sort of kind of evaporates and it's on to the next thing
0: so um we're we're gonna cut, uh, kind of uh wrap up here like I, I sorry like this is interesting we got we just gotta bring it back to lost highway <laughs> yeah um i only say that but like because i just while you were talking the the notice came up
1: oh um, yeah i i just i
0: see it right now sorry um, oh no worries so I think, I think we should cut it and then we can, um, we're going to wrap up here. You and I, we're going to see it tomorrow, right? It, is it the seven or seven thirty? Uh, I think it's seven. I'll double check. Oh, uh, something just occurred to me about the mystery man not existing. Yes. Um, so when they go to his cabin and Alice is the only one that knows he's out, the cabin is out there, right? And the cabin doesn't appear to be near a road. It is literally the middle of the desert. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before they arrive, we see it explode in reverse, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the cabin is coming into existence. It it, it didn't exist until Alice said, "Let's go there." Right. So, which which is another like I mm. think is another like notch in the. This yeah. is all being done by Alice as an avenging spirit.
1: Yeah, the cabin, the whole cabin thing, like threw me off. I wasn't sure what it signified or why it was done in reverse. I'm gonna have to play pay closer attention to that. Well, uh, tomorrow
0: do you have anything else you want to say really quick before we, uh, I mean, we're we gonna come back and we're yeah gonna do a yeah little follow up no
1: yeah i don't have anything uh now i'll,
0: I'll probably have more to say after we watch it tomorrow because the things i'm gonna look for does anybody else call alice alice in this movie uh i mean other than pete okay because at the scene when he goes to to rob from Mr. Eddie and they're not supposed to kill him they're just gonna not Mr. Eddie Andy mm-hmm. they're just gonna uh, Pete's supposed to just knock him on the head knock him out but he gets up and like charges at them and he accidentally kills Andy um when we cut back to that and the cops are there there's a bunch of crying women uh, in the in there like, yeah. like Andy had been partying with a bunch of different women so was Alice there ever did did when Andy saw Pete and charged at him, did he see Alice was there too, or was it just Pete robbing him? Um, hmm. And because like nobody ever refers to her, I can't remember what what uh, Mister Eddie says. Like good looking blonde, I can't remember if he says her name at that scene. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna look look out for that too. Because then later there is a there is a scene at the motel where uh, Mister Eddie is sleeping with renee but he calls her renee because uh that's the scene where bill pullman comes to knock on his door and kidnap him and when he mm-hmm. hears the knock he goes renee so he's not sleeping with alice he's sleeping with renee yeah um, but another question i always have is when mr eddie call and knows that pete is sleeping with alice and he calls and says hey i want to talk i want you to talk to this friend of mine and it's the mystery man Mystery man has that story saying in the east, the far east, when a man is sentenced to death, you know, he's like he's sent to somewhere far away where he can't get away, never knowing when an executioner is going to step up behind him with a bullet to his brain. Who is the condemned man in this movie? Yeah. (laughs) You think like, oh, he's talking to this is a threat to Pete, Fred, either one. Yeah. But at the end, the mystery man kills Mr. Eddie. He's the one that shoots Mr. Eddie in the head. Uh, Mm -hmm. Nobody like he doesn't, uh, he helps Fred. He doesn't ever, you know, is it him? Is it Fred or is it Andy? Like, uh, wow. Oh God, I got, I got so much. (laughs) I've got, I've got a couple of notes here too. I just want to like really quickly barrel through them. Mm -hmm. Andy is the only one in this movie, the only primary character in this movie that doesn't have a double aside from the mystery man. And I don't know if that means anything. Yeah. <laughs> or if hmm. it's just the fact that like, he's just not in enough scenes to get a double. Um, uh, the scene when Fred kills, if he does kill Renee. Renee, Renee calls Fred, I can't, where are you? And then goes to bed. And then we cut and we see just before Fred reappears in the hallway, yeah. we see we see two shadows walking through the living room is that fred and the mystery man oh, is that fred yeah. and pete like <laughs> <laughs> hmm. and the last one i think because we're, oh, we're gonna yeah. come back <laughs> we, we got more i um, just want to get all this in mm-hmm. uh when fred calls the mystery man at his home the phone rings twice and he picks up that night when he's lo- he tells Ale- when they get back he tells renee to stay in the car because he thinks there's somebody in the house he's looking around the phone rings twice and then the camera rushes at Fred and Fred looks towards the camera and looks very scared for a moment. Yeah. He's is talking them. <laughs> is is that in calling the house? And then maybe oh that, shit. Maybe that's another time loop and
1: Fred <laughs> oh, is oh my god. One? I yeah, okay. I that one I can that one triggered something in my brain and I think all uh, oh, my neurons are firing. And now I'm super stoked for tomorrow. All right, I, 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 I'm gonna wow that, that 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 was great. Yeah, great job. <laughs> <laughs> oh I man, fucking
0: love this movie so it's, much.
1: <laughs> it's can I tell you where I had it ranked before the time runs out on this thing? Yeah, go for it. Um, really quick, I think I have it open. Um, for my last Lynch, I had it at number eight, eight out of ten. So, I had. I have t- Dune at 10, Inland Empire, and then Lost Highway at 8, and then tw- uh, Fire Walk With Me, Blue Velvet, Wild mm. at Heart, Elephant Man, Straight Story, Mulholland Drive, Eraserhead. But this, wow. is, this would probably change. I think I would drop Wild at Heart, put Lost Highway, probably maybe me in that spot, maybe a little higher. And then I think Mulholland Drive would go to the top, and Eraserhead would probably drop to 2.
0: Um, if you want, I can rank movies. So I, don't, I have not thought about it that way. But I can rank them for when we come back. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and go I can probably them. do my re-ranking, too. I would have had Lost Highway pretty low. Or not Lost Highway, Wild at Heart pretty low. Until the last time I watched it, I loved it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's so wild. But uh, that's shocking because some of the movies in your bottom I love. Um, Dune? I, I think... Oh, I like Dune a lot. I understand why oh, it's really? low because it's it's yeah. a very compromised. It's not really a Lynch movie in a way. Yeah, um, but I like Dune a lot. Um, Inland Empire, I might have lowest just because I have not been able to crack that one yet. That's one. I oh might, yeah, that's I why, why it's low too. For um, me, but we're gonna we're gonna cut this short. We're, well, I mean, wrap it up here right now. It's, it hasn't mm-hmm. really been short for us talking about <laughs> one movie. Yeah, <laughs> but. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. I love being able to talk about it and having all these like new ideas like the, I can't believe I just I had never thought of that, that Alice doesn't exist. I, I was. That, just, yeah, that's crazy. Years. And I think even the phone call thing, I didn't notice until this time that it was like, yeah. oh, it's two rings. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to see Same. it again tomorrow with you. We're going to mm-hmm. come back on and talk about it with new more. like a <laughs> little bit of new information. Yeah, um, uh, it's so much. It's going to be so much fun. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm I know. I'm excited.
0: I, I'm glad you went with us. I'm glad.
1: uh Yeah, me too. I
0: decided to go. You <laughs> go multiple times. Yeah. And I'm glad you're doing this because this is like this is a lot of fun.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and this is our first movie like together, I believe. But right? Yeah, yeah. No, we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have
0: not gone out. We've talked due. about it
1: before, but this it, it finally happened for Lost Highway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I,
0: I, and that's perfect. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will talk to you. Uh, well, I'll text you in a few minutes with the okay. new ticket thing, but I'll I'll talk yeah. to you tomorrow. All right, for sure. Yeah, see you. All right, bye. Bye. All right. Uh, and now suddenly several weeks have passed and we're back <laughs> and <laughs> in that little 30 second or whatever, like whatever clip there, uh, we took a couple of weeks off and we saw lost highway. Um, a couple more times. I saw it once you saw it twice more, right? Yes, I did. I went back, uh, we saw it together. And then,
1: uh, I think the following week I went with uh, another friend, uh, to watch it one more time.
0: Yeah, I was, <laughs> uh, I was really hoping I was going to be able to go. In fact, I, I know I sent you kind of jokingly the um, was it the Frida was doing that Lynch retrospective? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was kind of considering like, you know, <clears throat> I think I'm going to be off next week. Maybe I can just drive down there. It'll be fun. And yeah. then like work was just like, I was off that week. And so work was inconsistent. I didn't feel like spending more money to go out. Um, right. Yeah. But uh i i was hoping to go see it one more time but it's like hey that criterion blu-ray was announced and that's coming yes, out. yes yeah just a couple, just a couple of months um
1: yeah i know i didn't think it was going to come out this year i honestly thought it would i didn't realize yeah right it is this year right
0: yeah the, you know yeah. In halloween my baby. right yes
1: there you go yeah um, I, I,
0: but that's exciting <laughs> along with other people i was kind of expecting inland empire first um yeah but I know they have been like working on this for years. It's kind of been a, a, an open secret that this was coming even before the 4K uh, yeah. Before release. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll I'll take it. I it, it's not going to be the same as in a theater. Like it, oh, definitely not. About just like that sound. And yeah. even though even though all of the viewings we went to were kind of not packed, but they were they, there were people there, and it was fun yeah. to see it with like a, a group response. But. Um, Still, I, I will I was gonna say it would be a day one purchase, but I'm actually going to wait until November when they do that half off sale. <laughs> yeah, I know the same. I think every, yeah, everyone does that now. This is this is a total sidebar. I am going to be buying everything Criterion puts out that month. Like that is the best lineup I've ever seen. Uh, remind me what the other films of that month are. Uh so it's um I'm I'm looking it up to make sure I don't miss any. Yeah. Oh, I remember one you sent me, I think the Japanese Cure. one, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, that was one. Uh it was um Cure, Lost Highway, Eve's Bayou, Lyol. Oh, yeah, okay. Which I have not seen this version. The um Yeah. This is the Guatemalan one, right? That came out like last year or correct. Yeah, okay. And then I not uh, that either. Arsenic and Old Lease. Oh and oh, yeah, I love that A four a a four K uh, upgrade of Night of the Living Dead, which I may not get because it's like, I think it's already looking pretty much as good as, as especially on my TV. I don't have like a an HD TV. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it's like a really good lineup. Those are all great. Uh, well, I mean, the only one I haven't seen is La Llorona. La Llorona and yeah, I don't know, that'll like yeah. I've heard so much good about it. I kind of agree
1: with you on the Night of the Living Dead because I, I was excited, but like I have the Blu-ray and the Blu-ray looks amazing. And I mean, that like I don't see like how could you possibly like it's pretty well restored at this point. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that's one I would go out and buy immediately. And I thought I would because that's one of my favorites. But yeah, once but... I said that, it's like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah,
0: that Blu-ray is pretty great. Well, especially if you have an upscaling Blu-ray player, it'll look pretty good. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, this type of double dipping, it's just if you have like this really disposable income. Uh, yeah, yeah. Plus, I kind of I try not to double dip anymore because and you just have all that waste. Uh, like, oh, I know. Yeah. No, you're not going to get any money for it. Nobody's really looking for uh, DVDs anymore. I mean you you could probably go sell them for a couple cents at amoeba but it's just like um a lot of it just go in a trash and that stuff is impossible to recycle almost it's such a waste. the only
1: this uh, this is what i'm doing with criterion now like i'm not gonna repurchase anything like anymore except like certain ones that are kind of like not worth anything but are now available in a better like either hd or 4k Uh, But there's some that I have, obviously, that are out of print like that are on DVD and those I, you know, I'm sticking with. But pretty much what I have is what my point is to to, to add new ones instead of adding repeats, because like I don't have any repeats of any of the films. Um, But I'm just trying to keep it like if it's on DVD and I don't really care for the movie, it's on DVD. I'm not going to get a better version of that.
0: (laughs) Well, I will tell you, when I first started buying DVDs in the late 90s. Mm -hmm. they were they were partially partially this is because they were so expensive but my thing was i'm only going to be getting movies that are like really important to me and so um or or that i'm just like i know i'm going to just watch the hell out of this so like my first DVDs were six string samurai the matrix and robocop and oh yeah (laughs) and now it's 2022 and I have shit like wedding crashers on DVD and I'm never going to (laughs) watch that again. I'm never going to watch it again. Um, But I, you know, I worked at a sun coast and it's just like, yeah, you get such a discount on DVDs and, and they used to have this thing where you get gift cards as like, like just incentives. Like you get like up to $75 in gift cards a month. And it was like, right. I just buying fucking everything. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that that was me at the video store as well. I would just buy a bunch of
0: stuff, like I would
1: buy like new releases, and and years later, you know, I'm stuck with a copy of I don't know, Walk Hard. That's a good yeah. movie. No? Hey, that is funny. Movie? Yeah, and that's I'm a funny ass movie. But I'm like, not, I don't know if I would ever watch that again. You know, like it's a good movie, and yeah, it's just like yeah. I had it. Like I bought it. I paid like twenty five
0: dollars for that DVD. <laughs> well, I. I, I didn't mean to single out Wedding Crashers as like a bad yeah. movie. Oh, no, that, yeah, that's a good movie. I don't know if I'd really like it now, but it, I, I just like yeah. I have all these like comedies from the 2000s, the early 2000s that I'm just like, those aren't going <laughs> to age well. I have no real interest <laughs> in watching those again. I, I saw yeah. them maybe in the theaters and then just thought, oh, yeah, I like that movie. I'll buy it. <laughs> yeah. And like it uh, I'm trying not to be that wasteful anymore. Yeah, outside of
1: Criterion, I'm trying to limit like uh, physical media that I buy, like just to I'm kind of like now doing, you know, uh, and this excludes Criterion, but uh, just buying what I love. But a lot of the times I'll end up buying the digital version for some stuff just because it's uh, sometimes it's like there's a great sale where it's like five dollars for a movie that I really like. And I'll just have it that way that I mean, I have like. I've converted a lot of the you know codes to like uh, to voodoo and I have a bunch of them on there. It's convenient to have like I like what I have now, like I think it's aesthetically pleasing to me. And I just don't add as quite as much as I was before. Like I like a lot of my paycheck was going to
0: buying movies and you know, throughout my twenties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I saw my twenties and a uh, large <laughs> portion of my 30s. Yeah, we had uh, to slow down. <laughs> all right all right all right we're here to talk a lost highway and this is going to yes. be kind of brief we're we're going on tangents because we're going to be um we, we we don't have like a, a ton to report back but we i just thought it'd be fun to like have a little wrap-up because we had a discussion we came across some new uh ideas about the movie and i wanted to see how those held up after seeing it again like like how was it for you seeing it now with that that uh Amber's theory that the mystery man is Alice. Like, did that, did that, was that a different viewing experience or, or did it, did it
1: Yeah,
0: inform how you, you felt about the movie?
1: It definitely, yeah, it definitely influenced how I approached the movie when we did go watch it again. Uh, I don't know if I think that uh I think the mystery man is Alice after the last two uh, viewings, but it was a really good Uh, theory that opened up the movie, I think, in other ways that uh, I wasn't looking at. So uh, I think that really helped out in sort of unlocking at least uh, how to access the movie or at least how to think outside of the box that I had, you know, set for this movie.
0: Yeah, I watching it again, I found just as much to argue against that theory as there was for it, because I I think I, I think the argument could be made um like like what Amber said is is valid. I, I look at it and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah, that that could be the case. That could be absolutely true. And there's here are some of the reasons why. Uh but I think there's just as much in the movie that points the finger at somebody else. Like I still think it might also be Fred. I think we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because of the 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 way he uh the the way he kind of goes into that state and, and there's like the two shadows moving through the room just before um the night alice is killed uh and the way that they appear together at the end it does seem just kind of like it, it it's part of fred like maybe i mean maybe it's just an entity uh maybe it's just like a little bit like bob in twin peaks it just kind of like lashes on to yeah uh, other people and kind of like mm-hmm. uh takes control for a little while or, or guides things
1: yeah that's I I I definitely agree with that I uh that's kind of like the what uh, especially the last viewing how it went going into that uh viewing just with that perspective that it's possible that it is Fred Fred and Mr Man are the same person
0: yeah so I I uh read a little bit more up into this like stuff I've read before but just you know years ago um Barry Pullman who uh co-wrote the script he, his Interpretation of the movie is very strictly that, um, that it is a psychogenic fugue, that it is that everything after uh Fred turns into Pete is basically a fantasy he's created as he's being put like electrocuted, and that the end of the movie is him being put to death. Um, and then David Lynch will say, like oh well I, there's lots of different ways to interpret it I wanted, to put, a lot of, <laughs> I wanted yeah. to put a lot of different readings and everybody's interpretation of what's going on in the movie is correct <laughs> so it, it is you know a movie designed to not ever be solved like it, like yeah. I, think I said in early in the recording oh man it's been a couple of weeks so I'm, I'm, ho- I'm sorry if I'm like repeating myself a lot um, it is that Lost Highway to me always feels like I'm just a step away from figuring it out like if the movie would go mm-hmm. for five more minutes i would know what's going on like with everything or if we could just see what happened that night mm-hmm. right we it would make more sense but it, it seems like like there's maybe a story that the two of them had that they know abc beginning middle end what happens and why and then lynch kind of took a few things out <laughs> or yeah or, abstracted them with with dream imagery or just or put stuff in to contradict that so that you can't say that like oh no this happened because of this and it's like well what about this thing that says that didn't happen or was was fake um like it in a way like with i think my favorite of lynch's work the active interpretation it, it, like the the, the work defies you or defies your interpretation, but the attempts at inter- interpretation are what make it so much fun. Like I yeah. that I can just like go into this and try and puzzle it out. And it's always a little bit different every time. And I can just go with the experience. I can turn my brain off or I can be fully engaged and like um I can get something out of it. I mean not turn my brain off but you know what I mean? I can <laughs> yeah. I can choose to like Yeah, be super specific and focus in or i can just kind of like let the movie wash over me and i think that's kind of feel it yeah that that's like my favorite of his stuff um like Mahone drive and this uh, Mm um yeah um twin peaks like if you like i love everything about the twin peaks the husband like all of the books even though the books blatantly contradict and are are wrong they're they they are wrong about details in the show and uh the the show just like ignores the books i love it all because it's just like (laughs) it's part of the experience of it i just right uh, and the vibes of it i guess um but uh oh you know what i didn't do i did not do is i did not make i did not rank lynch i i was going to come with my ranking oh yeah yeah so um forgot about that anyway i I know this was really brief we just i i said we were going to come back and we just wanted to come back and <laughs> wrap things up uh so i think this is going to be the end of the episode um is there anything that you want to promote send people over to your show yeah uh i haven't recorded in a bit but i uh am now
1: recorded two episodes and i guess this one's going on the feed too so it's through, i have a few episodes coming uh sometimes soon as soon as i get you know the edit on on uh, going on the one I recorded recently. But uh, I'm continuing the A through Z series where we go through the alphabet. Each uh, letter is a movie. Uh, The next letter is J and I'm doing the jerk. Um, And then I'm doing Little Big Man with you right after that. Or soon after that. Well, after K.
0: Well, yeah, everybody check out Dial F for film. Uh, And at Dial F what is it I oh I yeah it uh it's at Left podcast
1: on twitter and instagram
0: okay yeah uh yes everybody should check that out it's a really great show i'm always happy to be on it i'm always happy when a new episode comes out um and as for me you can find me on twitter and instagram at two-headed pod uh, facebook group that i, I haven't done anything with, with instagram and facebook in a while but that's just uh facebook is just the two-headed podcast or the incredible two-headed podcast on facebook um we'll be back hopefully i've got a few episodes i just got to edit them hopefully we'll be back in just two weeks and uh I, this will be the start of a new era of keeping to a regular schedule <laughs> Anybody, <laughs> thanks for everybody for tuning into this special report uh combo episode with dial for film and the incredible two-headed podcast um I, I believe carlos will see you sooner than i and i will see you soon on the <laughs> podcast feeds all right Thank you and uh, goodbye. I got to come up with a better.